Hi, this is Bob O'Haver from Why Meditate. Thank you for your support so far. The interviews that I've done have been exciting and they've been fun and I've learned a lot. One of the things that I thought I would do every once in a while is to look at what everyone said about a specific question. Just a little bit, just a little tidbit so that we can see what the differences are comparatively. I've learned that, as you'll find out, there aren't that many. We all look at this and have our own reasons, have our own reasons for meditation. And if you look it up online, some of the reasons say to be calm, to control anger, to control chronic pain, lower blood pressure. Some of those are the more practical reasons. One of the reasons when I was interviewing Heather Preet at the den, she came up with. So in my case, this practice was so important because I had a lot of suffering. Which talked to us about suffering, the most basic thing. I know that when I first started meditating, there was issues with anger and being calm and wanting to be a better person were things that I looked at. It was kind of about me being a better self. And in turn, that taught me how to be a better person. Now, Monshin came up with a good explanation. But I'm going to answer as, as a Tendai Buddhist monk. And we meditate, first of all, to dispel some of the suffering that we all experience in our lives. And second of all, to make ourselves more human, to make ourselves a greater uh, contributor to our society. Meditation isn't just about oneself. It's about oneself in relation to um, other sentient beings, the earth, etc. And if we think that we can make things better by meditating, uh, that, that means just the meditation itself is going to make us feel better. We can't do that without changing the world around us at the same time. Right. That's what, that's what makes us feel better. That's what makes the world a little bit better. And that's ultimately what reduces human suffering. Reducing human suffering. That is a noble goal. It's not something we all walk into it thinking. But it is something to ponder. Shinzen had some interesting ideas about this. Let's listen to him. In order to optimize happiness, increase fulfillment, then there's understanding yourself at all levels, from the personal psychological level to the collective unconsciousness, unconscious, which is a deeper level of self, to understanding yourself as a sensory system, and finally, understanding yourself as pure spirit. Understanding yourself, being able to make rational decisions in a calm and direct way, 
to see what's going on around us for what it is. Not putting our ideas on, on it. Also, a couple of the interviews I did with Gloria and Father Cyprian brought up some of the same answers. They both said, asking yourself why meditate should be one of the first questions you ask every time you sit. Listen to their explanation. One of my teachers, who has been Shinzen Young, mm -hmm. that's one of the things he has asked to, when you first sit down every time, you can ask that question. <laughs> and quite often I do ask that question, yeah. and I encourage others to ask themselves the same question as to why we do this practice. Well, what Gloria is saying is very simple. When we look at it from another point of view, that of a Benedictine monk, we find a little bit of a different take on the same idea. These, these four principles that great teacher Muktananda taught, the four principles for meditation, he thought the most basic thing was every time you sit down to meditate, you should ask yourself why, why we're meditating. Right. And I suppose every one of the traditions will tell you in a different way. But I would say from the Christian perspective, there's a great line from St. Paul's letter to the Romans where he says, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Spirit living in us. Mm -hmm. So the most mystical understanding of the Christian dispensation is that God dwells within us as the Holy Spirit. God is not just in some heaven light years away. Mm -hmm. The very ground of our being and the ground of our consciousness and the source of our life is the divine, who we call God, who we call the Holy Spirit by the power of the Spirit. So I would say from a Christian perspective, <clears throat> I meditate, I borrow the phrase from 12 steps, to have conscious contact with that. Mm -hmm. with the ground of my being, with the ground of my consciousness, who is the divine, the love of God poured into my heart by the Spirit living in me. And this brings up the whole idea of meditation unto itself. There are hundreds of different types of meditation for many, many different things. The main thing we're talking about here is mindfulness meditation, which serves you to calm you. It allows you to get it better in touch with each day, with the things around you. It can give you the space to be able to make good decisions, to be more creative. You know, there are stories about people having trouble coming up with ideas for movies or plays or poetry, songs. And it's because it, you know, you're working so hard. You're working so hard to make it come out. Sometimes you need to take a step back. And in our daily life, we don't always have time to take a step back and to look at those things. So that's where our meditation practice gives us that space. To lighten things up a little bit, I had a good interview with Kendra Mark, and one of his teachers describes it like this. 
I, I don't meditate for me. I meditate for you because you're going to have a problem if I don't meditate. <laughs> 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 yes. I like that answer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and one of my purposes is to use it not only as a way of, you know, restoring my balance with all it is and coming into harmony instead of swimming upstream all the time, but to rehearse a state of mind and a, a way of being that ostensibly I want to bring out into the world more and more. So mm -hmm. part of meditating is reminding myself there is this place to go to that I can drop into it almost effortlessly if I choose to. And to remind myself over and over again, hey, I have this choice. We have this choice. The choice to meditate, the choice to be calm, the choice to be compassionate, loving. Or we have the choice of being hateful and resentful and jealous, envy. We do have a choice. Ultimately, it's really the only thing that we have control of is our own selves. Because somebody else is telling us what side of the road to drive on, how fast to go, whether we should choose certain things for enjoyment. There's always somebody that is trying to tell us what to do. But this is a choice we can make for ourselves. When I interviewed Lisa Atkinson, she comes to it from a different place. She grew up with it, with the native people of Canada. And here's how she explains it. People naturally were internally quiet. And mm -hmm. we naturally um, walked in the woods quietly, uh, observing and witnessing life around us, um, gathering medicine, uh, watching the change of seasons, anticipating what we needed to know for our gardens. That, for us, was meditation. Mm -hmm. We had uh, practical meditations as well, as far as sitting still meditations and visualization med meditations. Um, that was my natural introduction to meditation. So as we can see, she grew up with it. A lot of us are not so lucky. We have to deal with our lives every day. We don't grow up in that environment, so we have to find it. And this podcast is a part of that search. It's part of that journey to learn how to open our minds enough to be able to see what other people are doing so maybe we can learn from that. And the last segment of interview that I'm going to use is from Marvin, assistant director of the mindfulness department at UCLA. He had a very practical look at it as his background is in philosophy, in academia. Here's what Marvin had to say qualities of clarity, stability, resilience, kind of under that, that heading of concentration or calmness. And um, whatever else we can do in meditation, it's, it's very clear that the central nervous system is such that paying attention, deciding to pay attention to something really simple in our experience, not make-believe, the mind naturally can settle, become calmer, more clear. The mind can settle become more calm, more clear. That's what a lot of people walk into the classes and say is their reason for being there. People look at their own lives and they are feeling an emptiness, feeling out of control, letting their bodies rule their life. When really it's our mind 
and our brain that controls everything. But I find that the more I meditate, the more room that I have for making decisions, the more control I have over that thing called the mind. I also encourage you to go back and listen to the complete interviews of each of the teachers because they go into depth about their feelings about meditation, mindfulness, compassion, contemplation, prayer. When we can understand that in ourselves, that's the first step. Understanding it in other people, hearing how other people see it, can give us insights. And sometimes those kind of things even come from children. If you're aware and you're mindful in your life, sometimes your kids say things, and just offhandedly, they don't realize what's going on. Well, all the time they don't realize. But they'll say something that just really rings true. It rings true from your point of view. And you realize that this is some of the teachings that you've given them as being their parent. And as they grow up and they go to school, they start getting influences from all over. And they bring things home. They come to it, whether they know it or not, with a very pure view. You know, sometimes I think that it's a good thing that it takes children so long for their brains to develop. Because while they're figuring it out, they say things and do things that can help their parents figure it out also. We get input from everywhere all around us. Even the people that we feel are the most ignorant and don't understand, even those people have a point of view. And we might, if we listen hard enough, we might be able to find something in what they have to say that allows us to open our minds just a little bit more. Because when we're open to everything around us, through our meditation and through our mindfulness practice, we can see things that we've never seen before and we can be excited about them. And when people tell us about that, we should be excited. Even if it's something we've known or we've, we've realized, because they're realizing it, they're excited about it. Allow yourself to feel their excitement, their wonder, because it makes your day just a little bit better. I hope you've enjoyed the overview of the why meditate question. I'll be continuing to do this with other questions as we get more interviews. I might even go back and do why meditate again. Because everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different way of looking at it. And those slight differences are the things that might resonate with us to allow us to understand it just a little bit better. So now I'm going to put on a little bit of music we can sit and we can contemplate what it is that we've just heard. What is our reason for meditating? Look inside. Answer that question for yourself. And maybe, like they said, it's a question we need to ask every single time. Thank you for listening. And have a great day.
stone.